podcast you are currently listening to is called Bad Playstyle, in which we all play the same video game and then talk about it, during the course of which we will swear a ton and probably spoil every single aspect of the video game. A bad playstyle story. This this is uh, your your helpful friend Matt, uh, joined as always by my friend uh, Owen. Say hi, Owen. Hi, Owen. And lucky us, we have a mm, kind of special guest. It's it's more of a recurring uh, foil for me at yeah. this point. Uh, we got we got been busy, been busy. Here as always, <laughs> in spirit um, or in person. And this time around, um, we're doing a bonus episode, so none of none of the bread, none of the lettuce, none of the condiments, straight to the meat uh, of talking about Echoes of the Eye, uh, the the Outer Wilds DLC that came out. Um, uh, my experience wa- with it was that it came out. I immediately stopped playing Diablo Two Remaster and just like housed it that weekend, uh, and that was a couple of weeks ago. So I'm I'm like the the longest stewing on this, the eldest. What was your guys' experience with it? Um, Tell me about it. When it came out, I played it a lot the first day or two days, mm-hmm. and then um, then my girlfriend moved back to the United States <laughs> and stayed with me a week it, while she tried to get an apartment and a job, and right. she did that. And then literally the day she was moving into her new apartment, my niece was coming from across the country to visit me for a week. So I had to drop the game for basically two weeks straight as I was hosting guests um, that entire time, which was the timing, just unbelievable, just unfucking believable <laughs> I, I had two games come out on the same day, I think, or close, like two very days close, apart. Yeah. Close, yeah. Diablo 2 Remastered came out like a day or two before or something like that. And then Echoes of the Eye came out and then I was tied up for 14 days. Right. Um, um, but it was, uh, did you experience any, any itch during that time or was it just, it was like completely out of your mind or like? Um, yeah. I mean, it's just that I didn't have the opportunity. Okay. But you, you know? weren't like, you weren't like theorizing about what you had seen already. Um, I didn't get deep enough in to like have a lot to chew on. It okay. was more like a, just a, a general feeling of like, I want to get back to that game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we should say before we get to Ben's experiential sort of thing, uh, we're going to spoil this game. Um, and, and more than, I don't care about spoilers generally. That's not me. Matt Renton doesn't care about spoilers. Uh, I think that the, you get just as much, uh, out of experiencing it as you do is from experiencing it. Like, um, you know what I mean? Uh, but with, with Outer Wild specifically, the gameplay experience is it's the spoilers is the thing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I as a as a member of this podcast, I'm going to personally ask you as the listener that if you haven't played this DLC, that you really shouldn't listen to this episode. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm ask like to me, your experience as a listener of playing Outer Wilds is more valuable to me than your experience as a listener listening to our podcast. Hundred percent, hundred percent. If you if you haven't played Outer Wilds, turn this podcast off. Go play it immediately. Um, you should be able to finish it in about a week of playing it, like an hour a night, and that'll be like great for you. Yeah. Uh, and then do Outer Wild uh, Echoes of the Eye, and that'll be like three more days. So um, yeah, do do that, please. To help yourself, Ben. So it came out. Um, I was a little confused uh, owen knows that i'm slightly ter- uh, terrified of this game to begin with uh, <laughs> what do you, you mean terrified of like outer wilds i think there's something about it, it's just an ominous feeling game i know? mean that's that yeah percent. and the moment you drift into the stranger and you just kind of see that almost like i don't know like alien like xenomorph Dude, style, yeah, style it, ship you're landing on is is one of those things where as soon as you cut through the shroud into the stranger and you see it for the first time it's so dark and all you see are the lights 
my brain's visual processor, because it didn't know what to expect, had a hard time parsing it into the objects that it was, right? right? Like, the first couple of times you go into it, especially since you're coming at it from a very specific angle because of the way that you get there, um, it's it's dark as fuck and it's hard to tell what you're looking at. <laughs> well, and uh, there, there's a couple other things that I think make it, it like immediately a little scarier and a little more ominous. Mm-hmm. And the first up is that when you go into the hangar on the stranger, um, in the hangar there are flying saucers hanging around, which is like not a thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and also I think flying saucers are fundamentally threatening spacecraft mm-hmm. compared to any other type of ship. They, they they are what mysterious aliens who like put probes up your ass fly. Um, and then the other thing is like you are immediately greeted with text that your translator cannot process in the hangar, which is like a level of comfort that you very much come to expect in Outer Wilds. Yeah. That is immediately taken away from you, and the game signals like there's like. If you can't understand this text, the the greeting sign on the porch of the alien spaceship, your translator will not be able to read anything here. Right. And and there's like a good like ludic reason like why you can't because like the translator works not because it's magic like in Star Trek, but because <laughs> because the the Harthians studied Nomai text and it just has a a, a Nomai like text library inside I, it i forget the name of the dude standing next to the statue but it's specifically the translator is the result of you and him yeah like it's basically the translator is your phd thesis anyway ben uh yeah yeah where was i um you were talking about your experience about arriving and, yeah and, yes yeah and then i'm just so excited that i blew yeah so no no well i mean i think it it's crazy i so the fires where you uh warp into the dream world if you will I'd figured that part out. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what to do with it. I'd found an artifact, had no idea what to do with it. So I just kind of said, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> do what most people do in Outer Wilds and go get lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started finding those films and fuck me. Like the moment I saw the Deer Men for the first time on there and the music kicks on, I was like, oh god because owen had warned me there was an entire room full of anglerfish oh yeah <laughs> well so when i started playing I remember it you sent me that text you said yeah. yeah yeah so like when i started playing it ben was like there's no anglerfish right oh like god. like the the, the the anglerfish make me scared so i go pee pee and i was like ben you know what there's an anglerfish room in here because i was just like of course i'm gonna fucking bust ben's balls on yeah. this Wait, and he's not lying right? yeah i like i, I well so here's the thing i started telling him this before i'd like entered like the dream world and like encountered like the occupants of the stranger mm-hmm. like i was fully just busting ben's balls right you know like but i mean but to be fair like when you when you first figure out the puzzle of the moving mural Mm -hmm. of moving the light and you go down there and you don't know what to expect and it's a room full of things Mm -hmm. with teeth and they're the same color as the anglerfish what are you expecting you're expecting to die right you're expecting to get eaten you're expecting to you know get fucked up and and it honestly this dlc does such a good job of of setting the table of setting expectations for absolutely everything that it does. Uh, uh, even though everything that it does is the exact same tricks from the original game, but, but so, spooky and remix. So I, I I'm just going to say, I don't feel, I never felt at all menaced by the dead aliens I found under the, the portrait rooms. Mm. The hatchling is no stranger to finding dead aliens. <laughs> um, the part that I found menacing and threatening yeah. was the first time I opened the menu and I saw that there's a reduced frights checkbox. <laughs> That's the part that felt like a threat. Yeah. 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 Um, I definitely think that, that the reduced frights is, is cool from like a, um, a usability and accessibility angle. But I, I think it would have been cool if it didn't draw your attention to that uh, until after the first time, that it happens, but then, but then there's also the angle of like you know some people can't handle that gameplay. I, I I think if it was any more hidden away than it was, then certain people would encounter the monster for the first time and then never open the game and again. Just close the game, especially know. if it's not in an obvious place. Yeah. So, well, I'm saying like the first time you get your candle blown out, if it's like it's like um, how they added the extra dialogue with. Um, the guy at the campfire where he's like, Hey, did you know that you can shortcut the stranger and not have to do that thing where you go to the, the, the satellite every time you can just shortcut it and go straight there. With yeah. The... You, can, you can go to your rumor yeah, map in the ship. What, fuck. So that dialogue never repeated. Oh and, yeah. It's just and I, once. and I accidentally X through it when yeah, I was yeah, playing cause, it. Cause you're like, Oh, I've, I've done everything in the base game. Right. Yeah, what, yeah. what could he possibly be telling me? So yeah. I missed all of that anyway, but Owen did tell me like, Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. 
So an- another thing I didn't figure out in this game. <laughs> it's it's certainly interesting. I remember playing Mist as a kid, mm-hmm. and I had friends that um, would spend you know like I don't know, probably five hundred hours to get through maybe you know ten percent of the game. And same thing with Riven. And for me, like I was like, ah, fuck this. I'm just getting the strategy guide, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just figure it out this way. So there were some things in this that I figured out, but I. It, it's not my kind of game to figure things out in. I think that the DLC in that particular regard, um, especially at certain pain points, is harder than the base game to intuit your yeah. way through. I, def- I saw a chart on the Reddit of everyone's typical experience with uh, the DLC, which is you, know, you first arrive on the stranger... You drop through the hole because it sends you in backwards. Right. Right. And you get that awe moment of like, holy shit, I'm in Rama. Right. Uh, I'm in thin Rama, which everyone, everyone calling it a rim, uh, everyone online is calling it a ring world. I mean, it is. It... It's a little, it's a little pedantic because those yeah. aren't like established terms, but it's, it's not a ring. So, so, yeah. so Matt's referencing a few things at once, but we're, we're talking about the book Rendezvous with Rama, which if you haven't read it, it's. Great. Yeah, read that book it's a good. great, really short, fun, high concept science fiction book about um, uh, an alien spacecraft entering Earth's solar system that is an enormous spinning cylinder, like several kilometers long. Mm-hmm. And so in it, there's um, a bunch of alien machinery that's in hibernation and it comes to life as it's passing through our solar system. And it's about humans exploring this. It's not a derelict, but it is like unoccupied and ancient and ominous and them like trying to process and understand what it is in the short amount of time before it leaves our solar system. So it also has a river in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it has better than a river. It has an endless ocean. Yeah. It has the the cylindrical ocean. The the cylinder sea. Yeah. 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 But no dam that just busts. No, no dam that just busts. Although there are, (laughs) fair to say there's interesting things that there's, happen in there's, it. there's things about the yeah. river that happen yeah. yeah um so like you you could argue like like there's a there's another book called uh, uh the high frontier by gerard o'neill where he's this guy who who hypothesized like great space superstructures and so he's the guy who coined the idea of like a ring world like you would see in like a game like halo sure. um but there's there's multiple different types of ring worlds but mm-hmm. the thing that typifies them is that they're open they're not enclosed objects typically. Got it. Um, but again, these are all like highly theoretical. And and even the game itself calls it a ring world. This is my particular. Yeah. Owen has had a number of these. Uh, I won't call them foibles, but uh, 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 nitpicks with sci-fi things not being sci-fi enough um, yeah. in, in the past on our podcast. And, and this is my turn. Well, um, and so the thing that I find interesting about <laughs> The Stranger is that um, it doesn't even have windows on its sides. The, yeah. the, those are computer monitors. Yeah. That if you get up close, you can actually see, can the, see the RGB. Yeah, you can see the the RGB colors in yeah, them. It's like I mean, I, I walked up just to watch the sun explode a few times. Yeah, well, and and also when when the sun begins to change um, with the power flicker, a bunch of the monitors flick off for a second. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, it happens when the um, when the the screens, the green things, open on the outside of the um, of the ship. When that process starts, that's when the power surge goes off. That's also when the dam starts to break. So yeah. th- this is like also like another thing that's like almost certainly inspired by Rendezvous with Rama because one of the things in Rendezvous with Rama is that the spacecraft is completely inert and asleep, and as it comes closer and closer to Earth's sun in that book, its systems begin to come online as it begins drawing power from the sun, and so like all these like robots and machines. And machinery in the O'Neill cylinder activate and begin doing interesting things. And so this is like the opposite interpretation where the sun begins to overproduce electricity and it causes failures in its systems um, because it didn't anticipate this change by the sun. Whereas yeah, Rama they, was a spacecraft that was designed in anticipation of flying it very close to a sun to power it up. Yeah, two, two things happen when it notices that the sun is overproducing energy. First of all, it tries to get away because it sees that it's Nova-ing, which is when it starts moving. Because right. it starts stationary. First four minutes of the loop, it doesn't move. It's 12 kilometers up. doesn't do anything. Right. Um, and then as soon as the sun registers that it's supernova, as soon as you can see, it starts moving out of the radius of the supernova. That triggers the, the, the sails or the solar collectors or whatever you want to call them. There's some 
discrepancy on the internet about what exactly those are. So they are um, in shape and design. They are completely consistent with the solar collectors that would be in a O'Neill cylinder okay. as detailed in the high frontier by Gerard O'Neill. Okay, cool, cool. So I'm just going to go ahead and call them solar panels. Sure. And if nerds on Reddit want to like argue with me, like I don't care. Sure. Sure. I'm just letting people, yeah, yeah. I'm just letting people know. I think that they're solar sales. That's my yeah, personal yeah. opinion as well. Um, but it just, it overloads the system and that's what causes the damn to break. Well, and, and it's something that is, is supposed to be in its design is that it moves out of the sun's range. Mm-hmm. Cause like the idea was that this device could exist forever. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, although they probably shouldn't have made a bunch of it out of wood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um one other thing i want to say about my experience too is i had this happen in the base game mm-hmm. but i have it on ps4 because at that time i had no gaming computer um and also i'd been advised to play it with a controller for obvious reasons well the game tells you yeah, yeah right that too um although i'm not the best at reading the instructions or anything the no, dialogue no, in the game no one obviously. reads it's okay ben. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's i mean this America. is the perfect dlc for someone who doesn't read oh definitely yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah they changed it from reading to visual yeah, yeah. and running away and yeah. shitting yourself um <laughs> i couldn't figure out what was constantly causing the game to crash though and oh. i think that in the dlc i realized that it's whenever i use the scout to try to take photographs to see where the um ghost matter is Mm. it freezes i'll do a like 180 loop and usually at about 90 degrees not 180 you know what i mean um it gets about halfway around and then the game would just periodically brick and anything that i had found this was was on your ps4 yeah okay yeah so sony if you're listening (laughs) let's get it together all right um but Anything that I had found up until that point would get logged in my log, thankfully, mm. because that could be a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. But it did make parts of the game like, oh, to hell with Anytime it. you have to deal with ghost matter, like, fuck it. Well, and there's yeah. like that little cavern that you have to go through to get to the um, the area on the end of the deteriorated bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah, to get to the uh, Yeah, the it's, it's like there. one of the two spots yeah. with Ghost Matter in, right. in The Stranger. Yeah. yeah, the other ones where you get the artifacts. Yeah. If, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's there, there's like thing. other places where you can find an artifact, but yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, you know what I found out? The ghost water matter in that lodge with the artifact goes away when the water level rises. Well, well, yeah, because ghost matter is always uh, attenuated by water. Sure, sure, but I didn't like. I didn't think that they like had programmed that in because like, how the fuck are you going to get back down there? Well, you know what's what I mean? funny is, uh, do you know about some of like the opposite inconsistencies? No. Where like, if you take um, if, if you take the lantern back to a hearth, it won't. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, not just that. If you take um, – so the lanterns that are in the portrait rooms, the little green ones, yeah. if you take one back to your ship, you go to the quantum moon, you put the lantern inside the quantum tower on the quantum moon, it will illuminate the room, but the quantum tower will not uh, oh, receive fuck. that as – they won't understand it as sunlight. And so you can actually watch the room transform when you change – uh, which planet it's around? Weird. This is this is like by the time we're recording this, this may have been patched. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is like a video I saw on the internet. I haven't even done this myself. Yeah. This and, is like this is like the the prisoner's body is inside the the thing if you like clip into it. But yeah. like there's no way to access. Yeah, them. or um, also those lanterns aren't extinguished by water if you submerge them in water that is not inside the stranger. Right. If any other water won't act on them. Yeah, the or at least at launch. Awesome. Uh, again, so th- you this may take the giants deep and. Yeah, yeah and, and you'll have a lantern to help you feel safe. Maybe you take it to Dark Bramble and you can actually see past the fog. No. Probably not. <laughs> Although there, there's, a, there's a, um, a collection of mods that recently got updated to the newest patch for um, uh, 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 Echoes with the Eye. And one of them is just fog removal for the Bramble. And I'll tell you, the Bramble looks fucking weird with no fog in it. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a, a, a bunch of tree knots. Yeah, 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 but the walls are like tree stuff too. So it just yeah. looks fucking... It looks weird, man. I, yeah, I'll have to look that up because Owen, I think, showed me pictures, and it's amazing just how small the rooms really yeah, are. Yeah, they're very small. But they, you know, they feel like you're in like a shopping mall filled with. Because you're going too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't see shit. Also, those fish are huge. Yeah. <laughs> Enormous. Um, Do you not want to talk about the? We don't have to talk about the anglerfish. No, 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 no. Okay. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely getting triggered a little bit, but not really. Okay. No, like I think the deer men are way scarier personally. Yeah, uh, they're, so they're mortifying. I call them the strangers because we are on the strangers. Yeah. yeah, that's something I wanted to bring up. Like, just like what kind of nomenclature we want to use. The internet says alks, but I hate that, so I'm yeah. going to call yeah. them the strangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that, that's kind of what I've been referring to them mentally. I, I just said the deer men because yeah. similar to my. Um, yeah. I'm going to go piss myself when I play Dark Bramble. <laughs> Dear Men sounds like something that five-year-old me would call these things. Well, yeah, did, yeah. did you ever see uh, the Adventure Time where there's the deer that like takes its um, takes its uh, hooves off and it has like fingers? 
no. So, like, obviously, I have deer stuff because of that. Sure. Um, so, yeah. And I saw a deer illustration the other day. I, don't, I forget where it's from, but all the ends of the antlers were in individual hands. So, it's like, deer are frightening, man. Like, already. And then you do, like, one thing to their biology, and it's like, no. Put, no, thank you. Yeah, put you penis put, heads on the ends of each of their prongs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You put an owl face on them. You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah, yeah, anything yeah. Could, could be creepy. But then the owl face has sharp teeth. Yeah, in violation of all bird biology. Right. No, yeah. I, I mean everything about it. Yeah, yeah. I love their little uh, Salish uh, outfits, though. Yeah, those are pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, like all the all the um, just like I don't know what you want to call it, like production design for their for them is great. Yeah, like they their big bowed instrument, their, their like cello one yeah. string bass thing, and like all their like porches. And like catwalks, and... porches are a big theme in this. DLC. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a game about having a good porch, <laughs> about outdoor music. It's like not camping. It, it, it's it, instead of camping life, it's cabin life. Yeah, um, yeah. a lot of cabins. Yeah, well, definitely like taking the raft past the. I think it's the mansion that you're going past at that point. You have to do it to complete your ship log. Certainly, when, when you say mansion, what do you mean? Like the house. Like you take a raft and. There was something where there, it's the very first area that you can go to if you go like if you're just going up, um, the first fire. The, okay, the first fire, uh, first right, port, right, port, right, port uh, portrait room. Sure, you can get to a raft in that area where you're ordinarily just blowing out candles or lighting sure, sure, candles. Sure. Um, so in there, there's one thing where you I think you get off the raft, and there's just like some some trees and things but off in the distance you can see the house and you can really hear the music mm. and i think that that's kind of just like one of those things it's like you yeah. talk, you're talking about the concert one yes yeah 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 so i'm calling that the mansion although i'm not sure if that's really the I, I call it the concert hall yeah. in my head yeah uh, i call it the there it's the concert hall the hotel and the um the village right those are what i call them in my head the village is the one that has like all the patrolling it's, guys it's outside the circle one oh where they come okay. from the ceiling all the, and then go all the it's the one it's the one where when you go down into the base it has the alarms yeah yeah okay yeah. i was thinking of the the, the village is the one where there's like individual cabins where patrolling um strangers come out and they go into the tree yeah i call that one the concert hall because they're playing music I, I found that one really disappointing because um like through a little bit of trickery of like entering through the high canyon one mm -hmm. and then traveling to that low area mm -hmm. and then waiting for the dam to break it gets rid of all the patrolling guys i think yeah. that's the intended way to do that it, well but there's not a lot to be found once you go into the door where no. they all patrol towards no. like i thought i'd come up with something really clever <laughs> and like the rooms that they come out of there's nothing in them nope. and the rooms that they patrol to there's nothing in that huge room where there's like where like because i followed a guard in there once mm -hmm. you know and there's like 10 dudes waiting for you and the door closes behind you i was like cool yeah. and it's like cool guess what yeah yeah, yeah. try again next time yeah. and if you know the secret it's like oh, i'm gonna try and dive past this guy to the fireplace no he'll get you every single time yeah um i i watched uh there was a speed runner that I started watching do he's doing a blind playthrough, but he knows all the speed tech. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to do like weird half-life jumps through the fireplace mm -hmm. for like literally like four episodes in a row. It's like, dude, you, come on. Yeah. You can't do that. Anyway. No, I saw another one where a guy tries to jump off a bridge to wake himself up. And like the, the dude is like, I mean, 10 feet behind and yet somehow, you know, his long oh, arm yeah, reaches yeah. out. They yeah. can like phase, once they trigger it, they can like phase through anything. Yeah. Once, once you're in that area. Yeah. I definitely kind of, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, it's a little Pan's Labyrinthy. You know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth, or they remind me of the fawn, you know, with like the long mm -hmm. limbs and the, the horns, certainly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of the idea is that they're supposed to be like bigger than you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. It's supposed to be frightening in that way. But well, that... It, well, and also, like, even, like, their size is, like, hugely telegraphed because, like, even before you enter the dream world, like, in the ring world, like, all the chair, all the seats of every chair are at, like, table height. Mm -hmm. And then the tables are all above your head and you have to use your fucking jetpack to get on them <laughs> to see what's on the table. Yeah, yeah. As you already know that, like, if I meet someone here, they They're are huge. they are going to be huge. Yeah. Which I feel, I feel like that's um, Alien did that, right? Like yeah. The, yeah, the uh, space jockeys. The engineers, yeah. Yeah. The space jockeys. Yeah. Um, I really liked the, not in the moment, but the but the, the, the experience is just, oh, shit, is this what the game is doing? The game is being frightening to me on purpose. There are jump scares. It's trying to, like, hurt me in that way to do this, this emotional violence. But then you realize partway through that it's like, 
Uh, well, first of all, I'm in a time loop, so I'm invincible that way. Also, I'm in a dream. I'm in like this fake world. Yeah, this that, other place. that you can enter, re-enter like trivially. Yeah, like oh, oh I just get to try again. The, the stakes yeah. have gotten even lower yeah. in terms of like dying and losing. But I really like that because it's 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 very similar to the thing they were trying to teach you with the with the anglerfishes was that your fear is fake, mm-hmm. right? It's like just do it again. Yeah. Right. And also, like, just calm down. It's fine. Like, because that, that's the trick with the anglerfish is that you have to calm down and do it slow. Well, yeah, it's like learning how to swim. You know, right. if you like flail around, you're going to sink. Yeah. But if you just kind of chill there and, you know, let your ship carry you forward, yeah. you're fine. You let the maneuvering thrusters do their thing and, yeah, you're good. It's, right. I, th- I think, you know, I mean, like, I, I always like survival horror games, but I think games like, is it Soma? Soma? The, um, the sleep one. Yeah. 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 That was one that I remember starting to play. Like I had a free trial for something, and I just immediately was like, "Nope, I'm good." <laughs> oh, it's, I think it's it's worth mentioning for me that my experience i i as a as a young child, my sister had a sleepover, her first sleepover ever, and they watched Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh yeah, and I refused to be on a side of the house where I could even hear the movie because I was frightened. Um, and and that reflex has lessened, but it has never gone away in my life. I hate horror movies. Uh, I don't. Like, I don't despise them. I think they should exist. I think they're quality art. But not for me. No, thank you. I'm good. Right? And so I think for me to go through the experience of loving a game that is ostensibly one of its core elements is, you know, horror, jump scares, like that kind of thing, to come out of the experience absolutely loving it and appreciating it is wild. Like, hats off to you. Like, fucking wow. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away by this DLC and what it had to teach me about, um, especially after uh, finishing the DLC, meeting the prisoner, and then finishing the game. That experience of, of the... Did you do that? No. No? I, I okay. didn't and do that. I'm no. Obviously, you yeah, because yeah, Owen can beat this game in his sleep. But Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I do it for fun sometimes. <laughs> well, well, I mean, back to the issue that I had with performance on the PlayStation sure. in the first okay. place, right. and just the countless times. I mean... I got to the vessel and then, you know, sun explodes. Um, and, you know, I didn't get, like, I was putting in the coordinates mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the sun goes off. Right. And that was kind of one of those things where it was like, God damn it. You know, it took me, you know, 25 tries to get there at that point. And I knew what to do. Right. But just something would happen where, I, you know, I would, my ship would kind of start to slow down and I'd need to accelerate. And then I would wind up accelerating at the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wouldn't turn around and realize, oh, right, I can't do that. This guy's right here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, at some point I'd love to do it again. I think just it's a lot of jumping around. You know, it's not like one of those games where it's like, okay, I just have to beat the final boss. It's like, all right, I got to go here at this exact time. There's a lot time. of steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to get this thing. And then if I fuck up, if I hit something when I'm like flying away and I break the ship, then I got to like, you know, I got to deal with that whole, uh, the world's over. That's you, funny. You that, fucked up. That's something I actually really enjoyed in this DLC is like after a while, it's like flying to the strangers. It's like, as long as I don't hit the ship so hard into the docking bay, docking bay that I breach the core, <laughs> it's like, cause I'm never coming back to yeah. my ship. Like I, I not, not only once did I ever go to the stranger and then go back into my ship to go do something. When I, when I Every other it. time I just cannonball it into the, into the docking bay and, and just leave it busted. Yeah. When I started doing, uh, dream world runs mm-hmm. where I was just it was just this is this is execution time puzzle I know what I need to do I just need to figure out how to get past these strangers in order to do it uh, I, I, I would go over the horizon of timber autopilot to the stranger stop the autopilot when it tried to decelerate because it sets you at a certain uh, feet per second when you enter the shroud. Right. Um, and then I would accelerate into the docking bay upside down, eject <laughs> into the oh, doorway yeah, yeah. <laughs> to save jetpack fuel because that's my single greatest resource inside the stranger is yeah. jetpack fuel. No kidding. Um, Although after a certain point, there's it, it doesn't even matter. Sure, but it's just like that's the reflex for me is yeah, to yeah. save jetpack fuel. Although I did one time get into the um, very finicky gravitational dead zone that horizontally crosses the very middle uh, between the artificial sun and the other wall. Mm -hmm. Uh, In a very rendezvous with Rama type situation, I was able to get into that little dead zone uh, and and perfectly equilibrium myself and not move. Uh, That was really cool to be able to do that. Uh, There's a 
specific tree you have to go to to do it yeah huh yeah i'll have to try and find oh it's it's tough don't yeah okay unless unless you got like and also you need to there's a um if you shoot the scout in the opposite direction you're going like yeah. if you shoot it if you shoot it to do acceleration it's like five feet per second at one jeet right uh, uh, and so it's like it's a lot of acceleration and sure. so you need to get good at and rebind to like to like get up there because uh, yeah. you run out of the super jet <clears throat> i've watched yeah. a few people do that <laughs> it, you know donkey kong poof. You, you put me in a game as diddy i i can dominate you know you, you put me in a lot of other things i usually kind of just like Plug away, right. die, plug away, die, and then eventually I beat the game. So some, something I found kind of uh, interesting about this game is that um, the characterization of the occupants of the stranger are very much in line with what I thought um, the Nomai were going to be mm. when I played the base game of Outer Wilds for the first time. Like when I was like maybe a third of the way through the base game, I had this idea like as I was like starting to like the Nomai were starting to be characterized to me in like the way they build, like the solar system is coming to an end. I, that much I understand um, that they, they have some designs on destroying the solar system for their own purposes. You know, there, there's the whole stuff of the sun station and you, you later learn that doesn't work, but like that's sort of intentional. The, the, the game's trying to trick you into thinking that maybe that's the case. Mm-hmm. And so like, I sort of had this idea in my head that like the Nomai are these like, sort of um, arrogant and uncaring technologists that like are creating problems faster. They can solve them through like great technological means. And that's like not quite how they end up coming off. I think by the end of the game, Mm -hmm. but the, the strangers absolutely do Mm -hmm. like the, just like, like by the end, like, first of all they're 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 fearful reactionaries yeah like they 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 are not very much the ideological opposite of the nomai in that way yeah yeah just like between like first of all just even encountering them that their their base reaction to you is is to just expel you Mm -hmm. they they have no interest in meeting you or or understanding what you are and i know for a fact that you have experienced what happens when you put your lamp down and they find you i mean i i think i just died uh, they snap your neck. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a crunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. They they don't want you. They don't want to meet you mm-hmm. because you being on the stranger represents like an existential threat to them. Because the whole purpose of the stranger is that it's never found. Right. Is that they they slumber forever. That they that they they hide anyone from they prevent anyone from starting the new universe. That the eye of the universe remains hidden forever. That they live in their dream world forever mm-hmm. in like this simulacra of their home world that they destroyed. I think Austin Austin Walker in uh, Friends of the Table, there was a plot line that involved what he called a um, solipsistic nightmare utopia, mm. which is which is what this yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 I was listening to that as I started playing this, and I was oh, like, funny. "Oh, it's the same thing." That's yeah, funny. it's the it's the it's the um uh oh, what's his name um the amazing not Presto whatever it was the wizard character anyway yeah Ben. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think what else I had to say. Um, shit, no. No? Okay. Pass, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say um, um, that you... Oh, what were you just saying? Sorry. Well, it's just... I I, I just thought it was interesting that the... the so much of, of Outer Wilds, the pace game, is like... Even though it's a dangerous and scary world, everyone in it is kind of just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And well, is, is, like, is like warm and welcoming. Mm-hmm. And, like, the strangers are... Um, they're they're fearful reactionaries. They're they're destructive, fool not foolhardy, but short sighted. You know, they destroyed their home world to, to come here. Mm-hmm. Um and, and then they, they destroyed everything else to keep the dream world. Yeah, and, and, and even what they do to the stranger is or not to the stranger, to the prisoner is like absolutely just beyond the pale levels of cruel. Mm-hmm. Like like he is in solitary confinement. He is in a solitary cell mm-hmm. and he's been there for millions of years. Yeah. Um for at least as long as um, the Nomai have been doing their thing, so I think we have a number on that. It's like 193 million years or something. Like yeah, that. Uh, like yeah. like so. The, 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 the reason I brought this up is like um, something I go back and forth on in my mind a bit is um, in what capacity are the strangers like mentally coherent and present? Because we are playing a video game that is a stealth game to some degree mm-hmm. with patrolling enemies. Mm-hmm. And like, I get it. We're playing a video game and the guys go on a patrol route and that's, that's like a thing that's in video games. But I think outer wilds has always taken a lot of care to not present the people 
as like little mechanical automatons that walk around and that like within the 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 23 minute framework it's understandable that they have this like limited movement in things like that and so i found myself wondering like am i willing to just brush it off and say like it's a video game the enemy's patrol or is it that like these like ghosts in the shell are like Dim- hugely diminished over these millions of years that they're that they're not fully uh, uh mentally cognizant anymore Absolutely. They, because they've been trapped in this horrible horrible twilight world so two things two things i'll bring up is is there's the the first stranger that most people encounter at least um like a like a living quote-unquote one is the one watching home movies in the hotel yeah yeah the, um that you see you see his reflection yeah you uh, see their shadow in yeah, the, you see in his the shadow projector. on the projector and you see him just bobbing his head just having a great time he's been doing that forever mm-hmm. right i i definitely think there's some merit to the idea that the strangers are mentally diminished especially since um they're dead yeah right and they're trapped in this dream world in that way and and when you see the um the the debug uh or not the debug but like the training manual versions of the slideshows and it shows the the red line and it's very flat as opposed to the green line which is very yeah, bumpy. Yeah. i think there's a there's definitely a reduced sort of mental activity there um the other thing i will say is that if you disable the ash twin project and then write out the rest of the loop on the stranger you get a piece of text that say that the the strangers do not chase you in the um simulation anymore oh interesting because i i did that ending um Mm -hmm. i don't i don't remember that text well i took the warp core to the the stranger Uh, maybe it's not that ending, but there is an ending you can get where your character doesn't like die and has broken the time loop and is in the dream world i think you have to be dead in the dream world okay yeah Yeah. because i didn't do dead in the dream world i was just hanging out like Mm -hmm. on the river Yeah, and that's the one where it's like oh you hope there's something to eat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) but uh but if you do if there's a specific ending that if you do it says that the that the strangers cease chasing you Okay. You become a known quantity in their dream world, and they don't even. And it, it, it specifically the wording I believe is they do not bother to chase you anymore, mm-hmm. right? And so I think there's um, there's an element of what you're saying. It's it's very reactionary. Well, they're and they're, they're they're probably like like my like with what you just said that makes me think that like they are like this diminished intellect that they they are not a full person anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's probably still something in them that deep down understands their their lot that like their predicament because first first of all that they, they strive to protect it at all that like if they were completely feral versions of themselves it, like they, there's clearly something deep down that where they recognize an alien is in our simulation mm-hmm. and that means that that's a threat to the ring world and and our plans for the future guys it's a fish yeah you know right, um, right. one thing i also will point out is is um the nomai they had that uh the two the two laws of their civilization, which were to seek to understand and to seek to discover, right? Like explore and also understand, right? These are, these are like the laws of their society. And when you talk to, uh, uh, Solanum, uh, she tells you all about them. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, it's with the number of eyes, right? Um, uh, the, the Nomai have three, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and they got pretty close and we have four and we finished it. And the strangers only have two. Uh, but there's light up, right? So I think, like maybe there's some, you know, uh, like film, uh, visual language stuff going on there, right? Um, because the, the 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 strangers are definitely a regression of that philosophy. Well, also, like I think the everything in and how the strangers behave is more akin to humans than either <laughs> of the other humanoid races in this game. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, God, that the. the the prisoner scene at the end um people did uh, dana mining mm-hmm. uh, the prisoner has a name they're named after a location in breath of the wild well uh uh every single um every single stranger has a name mm. in the data files but like a lot of them are just like gags mm-hmm. like like one of them's named like pazuzu and stuff like that <laughs> um I thought you were going to say they were all named after a different shrine which no no but like, like, <laughs> yeah they're yeah. all the shrine <laughs> names yeah <laughs> that'd be funny uh yeah it's just the, the um the howl that because you hear the strangers howl so often in the game and when you first hear it you haven't encountered them yet generally yeah. you're like oh there's something else in here with me 
oh fuck and that's what that means and then you hear the howls and you're like oh the strangers have changed their activity that's what that means and then when you finally hear the prisoner give their howl it is mournful in a way that the other ones weren't yeah um for for the knowledge that you've given them right that's that's my takeaway what what do you think so this is something i've been rolling in my head for a little bit this is a similar um uh conflict in my read of the game where I, i'm not a hundred I, I think i know where i sit but i'm not a hundred percent sure on it sure. um and it mostly hinges on do you think so magic lanterns in a dream world right <laughs> so like they can have non-materially based like rules and explanations to them mm-hmm. you as the player when you were in the dream world and you were holding your little green lantern you cannot extinguish its flame without submerging it in water right. there's no way for you to just like put your hand over the flame like you might put out a match in real life right do you think the prisoner had the capacity to I- extinguish his own flame if he chose or do you think he was truly a pri- in a prison of his mind hmm. Um, because, um, I, I talked to a friend of ours, to, to our friend, Michael, mm-hmm. we, I, I was conversing with him, uh, last week, um, comparing notes on the end of the game. And he, I, I, I didn't like, uh, debate with him about this, but it, it's kind of what stirred this up in my head is he's of the impression that the prisoner could have extinguished his own lantern, whatever he wanted and become dead right. and that he chose to stay in his prison. Right. But because we are in a weird magic dream world simulation, we are not in like a material, it doesn't have to be a materially consistent world in that right. way right. that like the prisoner doesn't have access to water. And because it's a computer simulation of a lantern, yeah, that maybe, may, maybe it doesn't work that way. That, yeah. That, that, yeah. that just might be a limiting factor and that the prisoner like is in some like real upsetting, <laughs> like I have no mouth and must scream yeah, scenario yeah, yeah, yeah. because like he's in like 300 square feet. Yeah. Like, like his, his prison is tiny. Yeah. The, I think it is much more pleasant to believe as Michael does. I think so, but I don't think that's where I where yeah. I fall. Yeah. Especially with the 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 last message the prisoner leaves you yeah. of uh, the this fantastical image of you and the prisoner getting on a raft and exiting mm-hmm. because the prisoner knows that you're dead. Mm-hmm. For you to have reached him, you have to have died, and and he doesn't know about the time loop necessarily. And so my interpretation of that message is that we are both oh, come dead. On this journey with me, yeah. yeah, yeah, and we are we are going to we are going to to cross the river sticks together, right? And and so that's why you can't find him when you come up top is he clearly extinguished his lantern. He, mm-hmm. he, 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 I mean, obviously that's what happened. Yeah. 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 And he thinks that you're dying with him. Mm-hmm. And then and that's like the most heartbreaking and tragic part at all of all is that like to finish outer wilds, there's no way to finish the end game and go to the vessel and go to the ancient glade at the end of time and inform the prisoner of his, of the fate of things in the same run. Mm-hmm. Those are incompatible things. And so that in your end run, the prisoner is still locked in his cell and he doesn't know what's going on mm-hmm. and he doesn't get to like have any catharsis over any of his suffering. Sure. Um, Which and- is, I mean, I guess that makes the end scene where the prisoner's simulacrum in the in yeah. blade even more powerful than it already was. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it makes it just absolutely like, hey, soul crushing. Do you, do you, do you want to, my species was an awful piece of shit. Do you want to obliterate us from all of, all of the next history? I mean, I mean, he says it in a nicer way than yeah. that. Like, like I, I think the, the way he, the way, because like what you view in the glade is, is your own impression of these people. It's not as though he really said these things, but like, I said, like, my people, like, behaved in, like, a really fearful way. And, like, mm-hmm. is that something you're... They let fear ru- ru- rule them, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, that's a good point. I I suppose so. One thing, one thing I, I did want to point out about the prisoner is that um, the, the... Even though it is a simulation and it is, like, artificial, the version of the gas giant that everybody else was looking at Mm -hmm. um, is not the one that they are looking at out of their window. That one you can actually go find. What do you mean? The, the one that they're looking at is an incredibly tiny, like digitized version. And if you walk around, you know how you, oh, you, sure. you jump down. So, so like there's like actually an in-game skybox there, that there, you can go. It's it's not even like it's a skybox. It's like an object you can go look at. If you sure. go around the back of where he's located, mm-hmm. you can see it and you can see the hole from which he will see it from. Interesting. Um, and so it's, there's a tiny little bit of... I don't even want to call it like mercy, 
but there's some sort of positive or like humanizing thought that the other strangers give towards the prisoner of like, oh, you need this too. I, I mean, that is a charitable interpretation, but also they know and he knows and they know he knows that it's only a paper moon. Mm-hmm. You know, that like, like if anything, it's worse that he can look out his window and look at his home, but it's not his home. It's a photograph but of that, his home. That's, that's why I, I, yeah. I didn't call it mercy because that's the thing they're all obsessed with, right? Is like in the, in the, the, uh, slideshow when they're all crying around the, um, the, 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 the slideshow of us watching them watch a slideshow yeah <laughs> they're all crying because they they want to see that visage that's yeah. what they want to see and so it's um you know he knows and understands the stranger knows Kapora knows that um uh that this is fake and that someone needs to go find the eye someone needs to observe the eye that needs to happen that's why signal goes out right that's why he does what he does um and so for for me, I think that that's the hope that keeps the the prisoner alive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if if I'm the prisoner, I I want to hope and pray that someone. And you're right; like you can't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that oh, I'm just about to go do that. Uh, uh, but like it'll be weird. Twenty two minutes ago, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like a political prisoner who dies in prison. Sure. The day before his cause is met. Right, and then but then the the fact that the other strangers give him. The thing that, oh, you want this, mm-hmm. right? You, this is what you wanted because everybody wants this. And he's like, no, fu- I don't, that's not, no. Yeah. So, man, just even sadder the more we can Yeah. Sit, I know. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, prison, the prisoner's lot is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. <sighs> um, just adding to an already sad story, though. Yeah. I, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Although, a, a bit like, like also, like something I was just thinking about, like as we're talking through all this, like, the the strange the stranger's whole lot is a fear of the unknown because they don't understand what the eye does they mm-hmm. just they they see this premonition of it of it destroying them mm-hmm. but they don't know what it means or what how it works or or what it is they just know it will destroy them. yeah which is also like what you are confronted with every part of this game is like what makes this game scary is like the unknown like like it's the reason this game has this huge light and darkness theme. Mm-hmm. You know, that like what makes the lodge scary is you can only extinguish all the lights in that first building after you've explored it like a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's and then you get to turn off the lights and you know, and make that, it scary. Yeah. And and, and, and have even someone... though, you know, every nook and cranny is yeah. now full of monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's I was worried that since Outer Wilds took so long to make the original base game, mm-hmm. that any DLC would be a diminishment of that is absolutely the opposite. They've, I think, done, um, um, I, w- I want to say a better job, but they've done a more focused job of accomplishing the same task with what I would consider even more difficult and uh, heightened themes than the first one. Um, um, as far, not, not heightened, but like brought into focus, I guess. Um, and that, uh, to me, is amazing. Um, and, and one thing, I uh, did you want to respond to that before I moved on? Um, just that, like, I, I, I think it, it's it's really expertly done, but I, I, there is something I do find that I like a little bit less about it than I do compared to the base game, mm. which is just that it's um, because of its sort of ambitious high concept of presenting the story only visually and not through text, like hardly at all. It's a lot. Um, it's a combination of two things. It, it, it's that it's this visual only storytelling. Um, with, with no text, no dialogue, and the fact that you basically don't have access to your ship, mm-hmm. and you don't have access to your rumor board, and and I found that made it more difficult in my runs to conceptualize what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, um, a the advice I always give anyone who's playing Outer Wilds for the first time who's stuck or having a hard time is whatever you are stuck on, you need to leave and go anywhere else. Anywhere else that you haven't explored and go explore that instead. And you can't do that in the DLC. That, That in the DLC, there is always something that you need to be doing. And you, if you go like trying to unstick yourself by like going somewhere else, you're just not, it's the same thing. You're just not going to find what you're looking for. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that is a weakness. You're you're not wrong. Yeah, um, and 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 I think it's a weakness that comes out of like really swinging for things and mostly succeeding. Yeah, but but it is some it is a place where it's a little weaker than the base game in that way. But it's because they did something very ambitious and they like for the most part they succeed. Sure, and I think like if this had been an area in the base game, you could definitely do that thing. 
right yeah. of like going somewhere else and and th- but that's not possible because it's it's its own so yeah like I, i'd be curious yeah. to hear like what someone's experience is playing this game with the dlc together mm, organically like for, the for the first, first time, time. Yeah. And, and the other thing is like everything like it, the everything that happens in the stranger it like may be harder to access may be harder to get at also none of it is critical to finishing the game yeah that like if you were playing the game organically for the first time with the dlc and you really got stuck like a log uh on some shit <laughs> you know what you can do you can go to brittle hollow you can go to the ash twins yeah. you can go anywhere else yeah. um like this is this is this is extra icing on the cake. So in that like and that, that that that's like me qualifying to say like this thing I just laid out about why I think it's not as good as the base game. It's like, but also it's actually fine yeah. that it, that it's not as available as as the base yeah, game. Yeah, because it, it's it's doing a, a different thing. That's, yeah, yeah. You say, I, we've come to respect big swings. Yeah, here, absolutely. Here in this space, as, well, especially like video games are such a risk adverse space mm-hmm. that like like yeah. go for it, guys. Anytime someone goes for it, even if they fucking fall on their face, like I, I I'm still gonna applaud. Mm-hmm. But but even even the, I think for me, I got lucky uh, when playing this DLC. There were a few like breaks that I got mm-hmm. um, that that helped me through um, um, and not get stuck. Because I think there are definitely, as I had mentioned earlier, I think there are some definite pain points. Like once you, once you explore all of the actual physical ring, mm-hmm. um, then you're like, well, what do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That, that that was a big stump point. Um, also, there was a few. Um, there were some things like. There was a, a lot of information that was given to me in slides mm-hmm. early in the game that I didn't understand what I was looking at. And the rumor board in my ship didn't even really understand what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. And then later the game operated on assumed knowledge that um, that either I understood those slides or that I was going back to look at them. And it didn't occur to me to go back and look at them and recontextualize the images I'd seen with, 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 with things I'd yeah. learned later. Yeah. And so that's where like... I got stuck to the point where like I looked a couple things up and the thing I looked up told me like, oh yeah, so you already, because you already know this from the slide and there'd be like a screenshot of that slide and be like, okay, I recognize this slide, but what are you saying? You know, like, like that happened to me a couple times. Yeah, I was, uh, my, my philosophy was a hundred percent like monkey see monkey do anything Mm -hmm. the Alks are doing in the slides, especially if it's, um, uh, if you can actually see them, uh, then, then I have to go do that now. Yeah. Right? And fully understand like why they did that mm-hmm. was to the best of my ability. That was my strategy. And I think that that helped a lot. And then I will say the uh, the, di- the fully digital world where you drop your lantern and walk away from it. Yeah. I did that on accident pretty early on. Oh, yeah. Um, when, in the digital world. When I went to the outside of the diving bell in the digital world, I was like, oh, this space is well lit. I don't need the lantern. There's no Alks here, or there's no there's no strangers here. Right. So I put it on the ground near the dock, walked up the stairs, and halfway up the stairs, everything turned into the fucking Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I think I just stumbled on something, fellas. So um, I, I, in that Dexter's Lab style of animation there, too. You know, yeah. Like, the strangers are that much friendlier looking you know yeah yeah they're just disembodied torsos yeah Yeah, no feet yeah nobody cares then right well it it was it made it really easy for me to go to the three other areas that you actually do need to explore and those that's like your goal at that point uh and fully explore them in the dark knowing that i'm completely safe right right That, that that's the key that it gave me and then i'm armed with all this knowledge and a single uh korok seed uh, by the way, um. <laughs> right, right, right. No, there there is a Korok seed in this game that you can go find. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Interesting. Well, <laughs> and, and we had talked. So I remember you saying that you thought that them having multiple slide reels, which I think they do. I think in certain areas you'll see a slide reel you've already seen in another mm-hmm. area. But your your thought there is that oh that yeah, helps drive that idea home. Well, and and so this do. is something that that you and I had talked about privately is that that you complained about like finding a slide reel that you'd, you'd already seen before, right? Sure. Sure. And um, this is something that is in the base game basically. Mm-hmm. That there, there's a lot of there's a lot of redundant hints in the base game because not every person is going to find the same hint. That like for you to find the information, um, like I don't know. Let's just like make up how to get to the sun station. Sure, how to get to the sun station. That piece of information needs to be in five places because ten, like out of a hundred people, every like some amount of them are gonna find are not gonna find point number one. They might find port point number two, but they might not. They need three, four, five. Like this is just like a core part of designing games with clues, hints, and mysteries. And so like 
me as someone who plays like a lot of D and D who I, I GM a lot, like this is something that I understand very deep in my bones that it's never enough to give your players a one specific hint. If you, in, have, if you have a skill role, they can fail. They'll fail it, and then your shit's fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. That that you you need to have uh, redundant hints, hints and placed in um, dramatically different ways, so that different so different people with different types of thinking can all at least have a good chance of finding one of those five hints, or or however many. Like five is like a random number. I'm picking it. It doesn't. But but ha- but having like redundant hints seated around, and what does end up happening, and this happened to me with Outer Wilds in the base games, like you finish the game, you want more Outer Wilds. Hey, you know what? The rumor map says like I, I there's something I'm missing on Brittle Hollow, so I'm gonna spend an hour combing around Brittle Hollow, and I finally find the last thing, and it's a redundant hint. Yeah. It's something that just tells me something I already knew. But now, hey, at least the rumor board doesn't say there's something <laughs> to be found here. Sure, sure. Um, so one thing that I thought was really cool. Uh, I guess maybe not really cool, but it was cool. Was that um, if if you have because uh, of the eye installed, and you go to the location of the eye in the Nomai ship, and you use the signal scope, guess what you can see now that wasn't in the base game? Right. The um, you can see the signal blocker. You can see the yeah, signal blocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and somebody used uh, no clip uh, mods to go out there and look at it, uh, and it has like stuff written on it. Uh, not like uh, like stranger language, but it has like a, like a symbol mm-hmm. uh, on it on the side. It has the 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 stranger eye symbol, the um, the one that's like kind of like an eyeball. Yeah, the little eyeball thing. Like I think it was, it was like there's some symbol on. It, I don't remember, but this is a while ago. But it was cool. But it's like it, it, you know, it's cool these little details that they add post yeah. you know post fact. Yeah, neat. I think the 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 eye of the universe is sort of funny because like in this game. In the DLC, they commit to the idea that uh, the 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 the, the in universe language limitations, right? Mm-hmm. That, that we we can't simply understand alien languages, but the symbol for the eye of the universe is apparently that it's something that is literally intrinsic to the eye itself. <laughs> that that little pointy star symbol yeah, with the, the labyrinth in it, yeah. yeah, yeah, is like something that the eye of the universe is projecting out into space. Well, if you look at it, it's do, it's it is that, that shape, yeah, but like. These are people who have never observed the eye of the universe directly. They've only heard it sing to them. You yeah, know what I mean? Apparently, when the eye signals, this is what it fucking yeah, yeah, does. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This is what shows up on your computer. Yeah, yeah because like they, they literally just have the exact same symbol hung up in their in their little chapel to the eye. One thing I wanted to say that I wanted to uh, commit to the record is very early, very early on uh, in in my Outer Wilds original playthrough, the Nomai mentioned other tribes of Nomai, other groups. And one of the things I thought was, what if the other groups aren't weird three-eyed goat people? So, um, so I, uh, I, so I've been puttering around in the base game of Outer Wilds, um, in, in the last couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, they do, they when they refer to other clans, they do specifically refer to other Nomai clans. Yeah, yeah but that, that's what I'm saying. Is like, is I, I thought. What if Nomai is not a just a distinction of this species, but of this confederation of species? That was my conception of like maybe that's true. There's nothing in the game that's telling me that that's not the yeah, case. Yeah, the, the, the only the only thing I can think of that like would directly contradict that, and this is like this still has some room for interpretation, is that the the ethoses, the the two laws of the Nomai mm-hmm. are something that are not present in the stranger's behavior or motivations. Sure. Ever. So, but what I was going to say was that I don't actually think that that's true anymore. I think that yeah. Nomai are Nomai and strangers are strangers. And yeah, yeah. When they say Nomai, they mean three-eyed goat people and they always will. And so, but that was something when I first got to, I was like, oh, is this like one of the other tribes of the Nomai? Sure. Right? That was my thought, right? Was that this is a tribe of the Nomai who, who because the DLC is called Echoes of the Eye, tried to do something with the eye of some, some variety and, and failed. Right, yeah. was that was my interpretation when I ran into big ass tables? Oh, right? sure, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, when I was just walking around in the in the physical. Well, world. And, and also remember, like um, at the end of the base game in Outer Wilds, when you're in the vessel, there's a backlog of received messages the vessel has been getting from the other clans, from the other clans, and yeah. they're all written in uh, a no spiral no my yeah, text yeah. and not like the cool sure. But this green is again stuff. This was a thought that came back mm. when the only thing we had was oh sure sure know, sure absolutely was just the base no my, um, but yeah, that was just a this was an interesting interesting thought that I had yeah all right cool yeah i don't think i have too much more to i, th- I feel to like it. we've reached a natural end of our conversation was yeah. there anything else you wanted to cover ben 
No, just uh, happy it's daylight savings time. <laughs> <laughs> I have one last thing I want to mention before we end the recording. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, I re-listened to our Outer Wilds episode, oh. and I wanted to issue a correction about something I'd said. Yeah, um, where I I, I, I dismissed that uh, the the Hollow Lantern as being a place where there's anything to be learned. Oh, but the Hollow Lantern, late in the time loop, its lava levels recede because it's spewing lava at brittle hollow and you can actually find no my recordings inside the hollow lantern and so, like no my corpses to be fair those were added in a patch were they okay yes. so at the time that we played outer wilds i don't think that they were in the game it's possible because we yeah. played it pretty close to launch yeah. so i don't I, I will just say i i think you're in the clear here buddy. yeah but i'm just yeah. trying to make our podcast evergreen <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, yeah i found that too when i was when i was going back through because this was technically a fresh save for me so mm-hmm. i was like oh let's just fill out the um oh the sure log uh i went i was flying over brittle hollow at one point and i saw a fucking know my computers in there and i was like what the hell yeah <laughs> Blew go in there and there. check it out blew down in there yeah anyway um folks if you're listening to this we love you um and we hope that you go listen to more episodes of our show uh we hope that you send us an email about things that we got wrong things that you liked things that you'd like to see in the future or just you know say hi because it's lonely out here in podcast land um you can reach us at badplaystyle at gmail.com or you can um, find us on twitter at badplaystyle you can find our podcast anywhere podcasts are hosted and if you want to visit our website, you can go to shame.club or shame.business. It's, it's so cool that those are our websites. Ben, thanks for joining us. Um, we love you, folks. Good night. and more like it at soundcloud.com slash Bay. That's B-U-C-C-I-B-A-E. Stay fresh.